Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm here with Dan Rudman, and we are going to talk about a topic that we have talked about quite a bit. We like to talk about it. It's important, uh, and it's, again, manhood. Uh, a f- handful of ha- episodes ago, we did an episode called The Crisis of Masculinity, mm-hmm. and I, I gave a bunch of statistics even just kind of statistics about men in America, you mm-hmm. know, they're not yep. working. The, uh, there's all this unemployment. There's, mm-hmm. you know, they're not even fit to serve in the military. I think one of the statistics I shared was like 75% of like military age men, like 18 to 24 or something like that. Sure. Yeah. 75% are even, wouldn't even qualify to serve in the military either because they're obese, overweight. They couldn't fit the, or hit the, like the actual physical marks, uh, or they are felons, they're criminals. Yeah. So they're disqualified in that sense. And that's a bit, that's a kind of shocking. Like, yeah. Man, especially when you consider like in the in the Old Testament, um, every man was considered a fighting man. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, now today we have this idea of a draft. We have this idea of, of just voluntary service. Um, yeah. And but back then, back in Israel, I mean, if you're a man and you're and yeah. you're in the right age bracket and you're not newly married or whatever. Yeah. No, you're going to war. Yeah. Yeah, we had in our country again. Your age group, Sam, might not understand this much, but I had to sign up. Yeah, I had to register, and it was called the draft. Yeah, and, and all the young men needed to be available if there was a serious right military risk. You know, we were going to be drafted, taken into the military. Yeah, and isn't that interesting? Today, seventy-five percent of our young men wouldn't even make it in. Wouldn't even make it in. So you know, here's all this news going on. World War Three, whatever. I don't know what yeah. all that's yeah. going to be about. But literally, seriously. We're in a crisis because we don't even have. If I, I hate to, what's the word? I don't mean a, a army. Let's just say population of young men who could be drafted. Yeah, <laughs> that's something. Who's going to go fight for us? Yeah, and I, again, I hope nobody has to because right, you know right. it's about giving your life. I right. get it, but we live in a real world with real evil. This, this could actually happen. Yeah, and we're not even in a place to do it because our men are so soft and not being men. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So there really there's a problem. That's yeah, so why we're yeah we go we're, ahead. we're continuing to talk about this. And then a couple episodes ago, we did a kind of a cool little podcast on what we uh, I think we I called it like the sons of worthlessness versus true manhood. And and yeah. you know Dan, you were reading First Samuel and you came across this, this idea. Yeah. Yeah. This idea of worth a worthless man. What I wonder what that is. And then yeah. I kind of uncovered this rock. I'm like, oh man, this is a this is a Hebrew phrase. This the sons yeah. of worthlessness that show up it shows up all over the place. Yeah. And isn't that interesting? So, you know, part of defining or trying to paint a picture of what a what a biblical man is, you kind of have to also have an understanding of what he's not. Yeah. And so he's not a son of worthlessness. Yeah. He's not a worthless man. Yeah, Good worthless man. And so we unpack we'll, that. If you, yeah. haven't, if you haven't listened to that, go back to that episode. Yeah. Uh, that would be helpful. But now we're going to, in this one, I think we're going to transition into more, again, of a positive presentation. Yeah. Trying to paint, again, a positive picture a positive ideal sure. of what what is a godly biblical man. Yeah. What's what's man? Another way look to think like? about it. Yeah, I think so. So I kind of want to like preface this a little bit because Dan and I we've been having all these conversations, even just you know off off the record, just me us personally trying to wrestle through this stuff because it's kind of hard yeah. a little bit to wrestle through what is what is the essence of a man. Now I'll I'll just cue you in. Maybe you've heard this before. There's two philosophical categories when we think about gender. And mm-hmm. if you uh, ever talk to feminists or gender theorists or if you stutter gender theory in college, yeah. 
you're going to have these two camps. One's called gender essentialism and one's called basically the, the constructivist position or the social constructivist position. Social constructive or... Or essentialist Essential. position. And people may not even know those titles, but they're referring to them and they may not even know yes, they're referring when to them. Yes, when they right? articulate... So maybe you've heard before uh, Matt Walsh's famous documentary, What is a Woman? Right. And he goes around and he asks all these people, what is a woman? Yeah. And, you know, what a what an odd time we live in where that is kind of this perplexing question like wow what is a woman yeah and so kind of if you pull back the curtain Mm -hmm. whatever however somebody answers that question it's probably i mean almost 100 percent of the time going to either fall in the essentialist box or it's going to fall in the construction construction of box yeah construction say so social construction that's that's the way that's helpful to think about and you'll describe it. so it's basically the the social constructionist idea is that well it's a woman or a man is just Whatever this is is just in name only. Yep. So it's arbitrary. It's arbitrary, and it's and probably arbitrary according to a culture, a culture, it, or a movement language. in the time of a culture yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just oh well, that's just well, that's just you know what they thought men were in the fifties. Yeah, you know, right. Maybe you've heard that. That's nineteen fifties or whatever. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Oh, that's that's ancient Rome. That's what they thought a man was, and yeah. it changes with the times. It changes with the language. It changes with the norms. It changes with the technology. Da 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 da. Right. So you've heard that before. You know, you go on to um, uh, WHO, uh, World uh, Health Organization, and they they actually, their official definition of what of gender, of male and female, is exactly that, a social constructionist definition. So here you have some of the most powerful uh, people uh, talking about gender and sex and identity, and they're totally taking that that philosophical position. Yeah. And it's a presupposition. Yeah. Now, the, now, they would probably couch it in the frame of it's very scientific or medical or something, right? Well, some of those people. The, the funny thing is, it's not anymore. Okay. Yeah. But, but my point is, is it almost could look more authoritative. And what you're saying, though, is it really is just philosophical. It's just philosophical. Yeah. It really yeah. has, it's, it's not about. Yeah. So it's just so you guys. Who has the best science? So just so it. you guys know, the whole LGBTQ gender identity discussion, mm-hmm. that. The LGBTQ movement is built off of the presupposition that gender is a social construct. You've probably heard that before. There you go. So that's helpful to know. And what is the biblical view? Is what we're saying. The biblical view, philosophically speaking, is an essentialist position, meaning that there actually is a male essence and a female essence. Right. So there really is something that that a man is that a woman is not, Yep. And there's really is something that a woman is that a man is not. Right. And and, and the Bible informs us on this, educates us on this. But yeah. what's so beautiful about lots of things in the scripture of life, God created a real world. Yeah. And so the biblical view literally fits exactly. reality. Exactly. So you could go to a natural, what we call natural or general revelation, which yes. means you take your Bible off the table yes. and just look at the... The, the, the world and yes. look at you could even say studies yes you could say psychological studies sociological studies yeah. and the fact is and there's lots of people doing it that would be more secular and not even Christian they're not even going to the Bible they're coming up with the same conclusions mm-hmm. right because God created a real world a real world and it actually fits with the scriptures yes right exactly so yeah you have as Dan said you have natural revelation you have special revelation yeah. natural is you know it's david in psalm 19 you know the heavens declare the glory of god yeah uh, you know it's even romans 1 right romans can, 1 people can know yep all sorts of things by looking at the real and world and even even paul appeals to natural we we, we would say a natural law argument 
at the end of Romans one with homosexuality. Yeah, yeah. People, this is it's this just is not according to nature. Yeah, and you can see it with your he eyes. He uses nature, natural. Yep. This is not. This is unnatural. It's unnatural. Yep. So, all that's great. So when we start to talk about okay, what is a, what is a man like? Okay, we're trying to paint a picture of a, of a manhood. Uh, so that we can really call these young men that are are floundering. They don't really know what it means to be a man. And we want to paint a picture of something that they can step into because we actually really believe it is something. Yeah. They actually do have an essence of a man. Yeah. That needs to be cultivated, that needs to be pursued, that needs to be honed. Yeah. And I would would encourage people, you already mentioned it, Sam, but if you hadn't, go back to our crisis of masculinity two or three times ago. Yeah. Because, you know, you and I talked about this earlier and every time we, not every time, but often we talk about this. We're not being trying to be faddish. Right. Oh, this is the latest fad. But it is interesting that, again, I've been trying to address this for three decades plus. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Anybody that's around me personally, I'm not a big shooter. I'm, I don't have a big you know, presence out in the celebrity world. But I'm talking at men's retreats yeah. and conferences and individual mentoring and discipleship and evangelism I've done for years. I've talked about this forever. And, you know, I met you six or seven years ago this week, actually. Yeah, literally. At a hunting retreat where that was the entry, the door of the discussion for the week was, was all about manhood. being being men. Yeah. So this is so it's been something you and I have been thinking about, certainly for me for decades, and you from the beginning of your Christian life. Yeah. And it has huge ramifications for leadership, for family, for the glory of God in the world, for the for evangelism. And so I won't redo all that, but that go back to crisis of masculinity, and we touch on why this is such a big issue and how I entered into it years ago even, right? Mm-hmm. The discussion, because I saw this failure in evangelism, failure in leadership, and I realized this, at one sense, a huge part of this is a failure of being men. Yep. Of, of just mature manhood. Yep. You know, so... Mature men are still acting like little boys, and in some cases, even effeminate. Yep. Right. So. Yep. So we, we don't need to rehash that. I just that's a yep. little side blurb, little advertisement, yep. if you will. Yep. So. so another thing that I want to we're getting really philosophical right now. Uh, just I hope it I hope it helps think about this. So I just gave you the two categories of a social construct yep, view good. and an essentialist view. Yep. Now, now we're gonna say okay, yeah, we're essentialists. I actually believe that there is that a man is a man in essence, and a woman is a woman in essence. Yeah, God made it that way. Yep. It's innate. Yep. And the name the name isn't just a name only. It corresponds uh, to actually something that's real. Yep. Both metaphysical, meaning yep. the internal soulish part of the soulish human. Soulish part. As well as truly the physical part. Yeah. And right? another way to th- think about this is universals. There is a, a man, like there is a universal like idea or form of a man. Ide- ideal. Ideal, yeah. yeah. And so... Gender is is in a universe is a universal in a sense if that makes sense. Yeah. Think of like uh, uh, roundness or redness or tri- trying triangleness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. And it could be applied or play itself out in different cultures, but if you got behind it and looked at it, yeah. In principle, it's the same thing. Yeah. Now, why I say that is because now we have to put in two more categories, philosophical categories, or what we could call say metaphysical categories, and it's the categories of actuality and potentiality. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to get too philosophical, but let's just let's just use inanimate matter as a as a um, to help you understand this. Let's think of carbon, the element carbon. Okay. Okay. Carbon is a really cool molecule or really cool element, um, and obviously it makes up most of organic matter. Now, the graphite in your pencil is just carbon. It's just carbon. Diamond, 
diamond. We spend, you know, so much money on diamonds and they're so beautiful and we mine them in the earth and spend all this money to get them out of the earth because they're so awesome. It's just carbon. And your body is made up of mostly carbon. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So what I'm trying to draw out here is a, the difference between actuality and potentiality. So carbon, you could say the essence of carbon, can, uh, it has all these potentials that may or may not be actualized. May not be made into reality, right? Right. So, but it's a potential sitting there. But it's a there. potential sitting there. Yep. So carbon yep. has the potential to become diamond. Right. But what needs to take place in order for that to happen? Well, yeah. a high pressure, um, a high pressure, high heat situation, and mm -hmm. it can now crystallize and form diamond. Yep. And take on that that shape. Sure. You can think of water. H two O has a certain essence about it, uh, things that it can do, things that it can't do. Now, water when it hits thirty two degrees Fahrenheit or zero degrees Celsius, now can again crystallize and become ice, a, a solid form, and which its property is that it's actually less dense than its liquid form. So it floats on top of the liquid form. And that's why when our legs freeze over, all the fish don't die. Whereas basically every other element in the periodic table, its solid form is more dense than its li liquid form. Isn't that bizarre? God mm. designed it. Yeah. So all that to say that when we're talking about a man, he has an essence. He may or may not, depending on all sorts of situations, mm -hmm. perfectly actualize all his potentiality. Mm -hmm. And that's important to realize because we're going to look at a passage in scripture where we're going to try to paint the picture of an ideal man. That's a great And we're going to, we're going to use David as the ideal man. Yep. And I think the scriptures in a sense, in God's providence, he, he puts David up, kind of props him up there yeah. as an ideal. Look to this as an example. You're probably not going to hit this right. because he's the best of the best in a sense. Right. He's the guy that I'm going to have, you know, yeah. the, the, the incarnate God of the universe. I mean, God's going to say, I'm going to use his genetic line and I'm going to bring the, I'm gonna, the perfect I'm gonna man and flesh myself from his genetic yeah. line. And probably why it's helpful is because when we think of Jesus as the perfect man, which he is, yes, he's also deity. Yeah. And so it, it, it's almost like, yes, we can aspire to that, but we know Jesus is God. Yeah. Well, David wasn't God. He wasn't God. He was a man. He was actually a man. Man. Yep. And he has some incredible uh, providential giftedness calling. Yes. And we'll get into that, yes. but yes. So we're going to look at, at the calling of David uh, mm -hmm. uh, when he first hits the scene of 1 Samuel, yep. uh, right after Saul is rejected as king, and, and then Samuel anoints David king secretly, and then we're going to really hone into the, the, the verse. Mm -hmm. This is chapter 16, verse 18. We're going to really hone into verse 18 where, where Saul is being tormented by an evil spirit, and he wants to find some guy that can play the harp really well. Give him, soothe them. Soothe them so that he, his spirit can have some peace or whatever. Yep. And David's that guy. But it's really inter interesting that we're going to see in verse 18. Uh, we're, we're given a list of characteristics of David and why right. he's the ideal man to, to serve Saul. Yeah. And it's fascinating. So what we're, 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 we're making a little bit of an interpretive uh, assumption that these these characteristics can fall into some categories yep. that we're going to use, and we don't want to be overly dogmatic about these categories, but yep. we think that 
again, realizing that this is spirit-inspired scripture. Yeah. That God gave us this list of descriptions of David for a reason. Yeah. Uh, and and we think we can learn something from it about what it, what a man is. It's certainly pretty comprehensive. Seems uh, this list is pretty comprehensive. It's it's yeah. all over the board on different attributes of David. Yeah. And and we're gonna go okay. We're gonna say these are different categories. And how are you as a young man or as a man in general, how are you seeking to, to use these philosophical terms, actualize the, the potential of that category? Mm-hmm. So going, going back to diamond, carbon, you know, you say, carbon, you have the potential to be diamond, like yep. this amazing rare jewel that's so awesome. Yep. How are you... You know, if carbon was actually like a living being with a will, mm-hmm. like how are you making decisions in your life in order to become diamond? Yeah. Because you have the potential in you. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Or you could just stay kind of plain old generic carbon. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I think the other side we talked about too, Sam, on this podcast is this um, a couple things. Maybe you were going here. I don't know. but Go, go for it. Well, there's two con- a couple things we talked about. Yeah. One is this is also in contrast to the one we did on man of worthlessness. Yes. So this would be yeah. antithetical to that. Yeah, right? Exactly. Like the, the opposite of that. Okay, we talked about the man of worthlessness. Now let's talk about yeah. this ideal man. Yep. And the other part of it that's fascinating, truly in the, the narrative, the history here, is that the Spirit of God was taken away from Saul. Yeah. And David, you'll see, yeah. is brought into the picture, and he's the man who has the spirit of yeah, God. Yeah. Which yep. I think is another it's just an interesting part of the story and construct. And yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, let's look at hopefully that was an, a good enough introduction to give you guys just some categories to think through so that cuz whenever you start to talk about gender and manhood and womanhood uh, obviously it has it has application, like implications. Like, okay, you actually have to live a certain way and do a certain thing. Right. But as soon as you start making those applications or implications, people can get like, oh, what, you're saying I have to do that? And and so we're, we're trying to, again, we're kind of trying to operate in more of the these categories of potentiality, actuality. Based and, on essentialism. We're saying yeah, no, there, there is an essential reality right. here for every ma- male right. every that is to become a man. Right. There's an essential something that's true about him yeah. for every female who actu- is to become a woman. Yes, vice versa. So you could even use that. So this, let's go to the 15, 14-year-old, 15-year-old boy turning into a man yeah. has a potential of actually becoming a mature man. Yeah. And then a potential for these potential qualities yeah. as a mature so man. So now what does he have to do to get there? Yep. And some of it is just a gift and given to him yep. in some kind of raw sense, right? Diamond in the rough, rough maybe something yeah, yeah. might say. It's there. But but what's it mean now to... But you actually got to do something. Actualize it. What yeah. do you... Part, and it's participating with the means of grace. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, I contribute. Yep. yep. Right? So I think exactly. that's a cool discussion. Yeah. So, okay. So uh, chapter 15, Saul's rejected as king. Uh, obviously, you've probably familiar with the story Agag you know he's God commands him to to def- defeat the Amalekites and don't take any no, of the plunder. He, he commands Saul to Saul to and, and, and the king of the Amalekites kill everybody kill kill, kill Agag the king yep. yep and Saul decides not to and he wants to keep he keeps Agag alive Samuel shows up keeps a bunch of plunder too yep yep lets Sam- his men keep a bunch of stuff they're Samuel not supposed sh- to yep Samuel shows up so verse 32 Samuel said bring me Agag 
the king of the, the Amalekites and Agag came to him cheerfully, <laughs> thinking, oh, you know, Saul the king spared my life. This this priest Samuel, what is he going to do? <laughs> like an and Agag says, surely the bitterness of death is gone. It's ha, like, ha. I've escaped it. I won't die. Ha, ha, ha. ha. ha, ha yeah, yeah, laughing. Yeah. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, mm. so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel cut Agag to pieces before the Lord at Gilgal. Yeah. One of the translations say, I think it says hacks, <laughs> right? <coughs> yep. Hacks them. Hacks, hacks, hacks to pieces. Like hack. Even that word, that'd be interesting and stuff. Like, yeah. mm, it's not pretty. Yeah. He's, it's a strong, strong connotations there. Yeah. So Saul is being disobedient. Yep. Sam, Samuel uh, is, you know, doing the righteous thing, mm-hmm. kind of cleaning up the mess of Saul. Yep. And... But the whole point is, obviously, in this discussion, is Saul has rejected um, mm-hmm. the Lord in a certain sense, and and his the spirit of the Lord departs from him. Yeah. So well, he's rejected the Lord because he was disobedient. He's the disobedient. Very, very thing that God told him to yep. do. Yep. Yep. So if we run down to chapter sixteen now, first one. Now the Lord said to Samuel, "How long are you going to mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go." And I will send you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, because I have chosen a king for myself among his sons. Mm -hmm. But Samuel said, how can I go? When Saul hears about it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And you shall invite Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will let you know what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord told him, and he came to Bethlehem. Then the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? And he said, uh, In peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked at Eleb and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is standing before him. Now this is the oldest of Jesse's sons. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God does not see as man sees, since man looks at the outward appearance, but the mm-hmm. Lord looks at the heart. Mm-hmm. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass before Samuel, but he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next, Jesse had Shema pass by, and he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. So Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the boys? And he said, The youngest is still left, but behold, he is tending the sheep. So Samuel said to Jesse, Send word and bring him, for we shall take our places, for we shall not take our places at the table until he comes here. So verse twelve. Now he sent word and brought him in. Now he was reddish with beautiful eyes Hmm. and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from the day forward. And Samuel sent out and went to Ramah. Now I think that's interesting. He was anointed in the midst of his brothers, the youngest. Kind of like the Joseph. And the Spirit came upon him. Came upon him. And, and we'll we'll get to this. I know I don't want to tip my hand too too head you know head of where we're yeah. going with the with the with the presentation, but I do find it interesting because it literally says there that God looks on the heart. Yeah, 
and not the stature per se. So yeah. here's this big, tall, older brother. Yep. You know, he was a warrior. You know, and Saul before him st- stood a whole head. Over yeah, else. and and yet God says, no, I'm not looking at that. I look at the heart. Yeah, and yet, and, and we'll see more of this yeah. right there. He says, beautiful eyes, handsome, and handsome. Yeah, God's word says that. Yeah. So there's something about that. There's still something about that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And God actually put His Spirit in him, in David. Yeah. Which is interesting because yeah. at that point, so you, you know that gets into a whole discussion about salvation and this great work of God. But it's God that does this work. Yeah. Yeah. Of putting His Spirit in people. Yeah. David <laughs> didn't crank it up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Okay. So. Yeah. Verse 14. Then now the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. So here we have this great contrast. Yeah. He gives it. He gives his his spirit to David, and the spirit leaves Saul. Yeah. Same time. Right. Uh, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrified him. So he, the spirit departs from Saul. Yep. The spirit of God, and instead he gives him an evil spirit to torment him. Yep. That's fascinating. Evil spirit from the Lord. Yep. That would be another whole. Yep. Podcast and theological discussion. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Verse fifteen. Saul's servants then said to him, "Behold, now an evil spirit from God is terrifying you." May our Lord now command your servants who are before you. Have them search for a man who is a skillful musician on the harp. And it shall come about whenever the evil spirit from God is upon you that he shall play the harp with his hand and you will become well. Hmm. So Saul said to his servants, Now select for me a man who can play well and bring him to me. Verse 18. Here we go. Here's our verse. Mm -hmm. We're going to unpack. Then one of the young men responded and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is a skillful musician, a valiant, mighty man, a warrior, skillful in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. Mm -hmm. So there's our categories that we've kind of been alluding to. Mm -hmm. And and again, we're setting David up because we think the scriptures set David up as an ideal. Mm-hmm. That we can look to as an example. Go, I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna try to be like that, even though I probably won't get to that level. And what are these categories then that we're gonna unpack? And the first one, in a sense, is we don't want to. I don't want to overemphasize this one, but the son of Jesse. So he has a lineage. Yeah, and there already is a reputation among yeah. Jesse and his sons. Like it's assumed that. When God said to Samuel, hey, I'm going to anoint my yep. next king. He's going to be a son of Jesse. Yeah. Samuel probably knew Jesse yeah. or knew of him. Sure. And knew of his sons, and it probably would have made sense to him. Yeah. Well, you know, when you say you don't want to overemphasize it, though, Sam, I don't think you can underemphasize it, really, because I think it's big. Yeah. This goes into the providence of God. Yeah. That this lineage thing, obviously, I mean, Christ comes in this lineage. Yeah. He's a son of David. Yeah. And so, but the point being is that even in this world, there is this reality of God brought you and I and all of us yep. every in in a world in a family line. Yep. For His purposes. Yeah. And it really is real. It's not arbitrary. Not arbitrary at all. And you know, the the best sense of that you could go and say, you know, uh, you and I were talking before um, about this podcast. But you know, you think of certain people popular people today you know i was thinking i was listening to doug wilson it's fascinating because he has his son nd wilson yep who seems to be a very serious man of god yeah and he's following in his dad's footsteps who was a serious man of god and doug wilson carried his father's his father's mantle yep 
and and so in a sense, you know, I'm not meaning this in a bad way, and we'll talk about it. But like like even Doug, you know, sort of woke up on third base and thought he hit a triple. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. joke people use that term, <laughs> but I don't think he, I think he does recognize. Yeah. But the fact is, it is true. Yeah. You know, he started at this place in human history that was established for him. Yeah. That gave him this spot to start from. Exactly. You know what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying he didn't start from a hole. Right. And 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 that is God's work. Yeah. I think of Jonathan Edwards. You know, I don't have it in front of me, but they talk about Jonathan Edwards and all of this lineage that he left behind. You know, oh. senators and congressmen and pastors yeah. and missionaries, all from this one family line. Yeah. So there is. I don't. You know, you said I don't want to overstate it, but I think it's really valuable to realize, like. No, he's a son of Jesse. Yeah, and, and everybody and, and locally would say, "Oh, that was the oh. fir- that was the first thing said to Saul." Like, "Oh, I, I know a man, a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite," and that would have immediately in Saul's mind go, "Oh, oh, right, exactly, oh, exactly, a son of Jesse." Yeah, woo. And one more thing we could feed into that without overstating it. I think Sam, at least it's a, it's an interesting thing. He was the youngest of a bunch of older brothers. Yeah, and again, I don't think we should dismiss that because I mean. It's a little on the anecdotal side, but you look at family lines where there's a bunch of brothers. We were with an 80-some-year-old good friend today, Alan. Yep, yep. He was the youngest of five brothers. Yeah. And this is pretty common of the youngest of these families. They get, If they get a bunch of brothers, they kind of got to learn how to be tough be tough, and take care of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and you find this. You find that it's really interesting. The youngest in a lot of families of a bunch of brothers can sometimes be the best athlete, yeah. kind of the toughest, the fightest, yeah. sometimes yeah. the most tr- one that gets in trouble. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, again, so I don't want to, again, there's a little anecdotal discussion about that. But it, but again, it's not arbitrary. It's not arbitrary. David's the youngest of, of seven, of well, it would be eight boys, seven brothers, yeah. and he's in the line of Jesse, and that's recognized by the people. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's, I just. Yeah, I'm, what, yeah. I can't even remember. How, how far removed is Jesse from Boaz? Not that a couple generations. Ooh, yeah, yeah. we have to I go mean, back and look. But, yeah, so, but yeah. anyway, so, so I mean, it's significant. Yeah, it's significant. It's the only point. Yeah, it's there, it's and it's in God's word for a reason. Yep. Okay, so, so son of Jesse, awesome, a Bethlehemite, and what's the second category? Who is a skillful musician? Yeah. So obviously, they're looking for a harpist, a guy that is really good at it. To be with the king. To be to play for the king. Yeah. Somebody they can trust. Yeah. Somebody that. It's got to be really good. Yeah, you, you're only going to get the best. Yep. I mean, come on. Yep. So, oh, we didn't even say this yet. Yeah. David, his age. Yeah, we, we looked it up and did we a little bit of like there, Okay, we can, say, we can say pretty definitively that there is no possible way that at this point he's older than 20 years old. Right. No possible way. A, a, best, a better like guesstimate would be that he's anywhere, he's like middle teenage years. Yeah, 15 to 18 15 probably. 15 to 18 right? probably. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> think about it, a teenager. So we're already starting. Okay, lineage. He just was born in this lineage. Yeah. He's the youngest of these brothers. But it, first of all, first category, skillful, skillful musician. Yeah. He's a very good one, must be one of the best around. Yeah, and he's only a teenager. Yep. Which means what? Which means uh, he's been practicing. Yep. He developed this really he developed skill. developed it. And has to have a certain appreciation for, you could say, the, the aesthetics of life, beauty. Yep. So right. this is another, Music, yeah, this is categories. a category that we're going to, we, I don't want to, there, there's something about, and this is true for women too, though. Like, yeah. I don't want to say this is purely a masculine thing, right? but we'll just say the category of the arts. Okay. And, sure. and, and, but there is something about 
you can even say this the essence of hum, of a human a, just a human being in general yeah that god has created a world of, of beauty that yeah. reflects and displays his beauty because yeah, god he, god yeah. is beauty yeah and, he, and and so in this case he would love and participate in this beauty in some capacity exactly participates right? the right word he god wants us to participate in his beauty yeah and many of the ways that we do that is through the arts yeah by playing music, by listening to music, by enjoying it. There's, you know, there, think about this. Photography, reading, yeah. poetry, right? All this stuff. We all know this. We all know this anecdotally, every single person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, especially today, do we do we know this? That we, I mean, we have access to music instantly. Yeah. Back then, they couldn't pull out their MP3, they couldn't pull out their iPhone and stick in their AirPods, Bluetooth yeah. to their AirPods and listen to any song they wanted to under the sun. Sure. So back then, it was a luxury in a sense to be able to listen to music. Mm. And it was it was calming, like it calmed Saul. Yeah. From this well, you got a one or two, right? We're much, much, and you would, you've been studying this at a deeper level than I have, Sam, but like most of the Psalms you would say... Are, were musical, musical yep. poetry. There meant was a, to be sung. There was even. a meter yep. to them. Meter Temper, meaning yep. what is it? M e d e r. You know what I mean? Like yep. a, a flow to these things. That's how they memorized them. Yep. So even that harp playing could have been woven in with lyrics, maybe. lyrics and scripture and psalms. And yep. Very interesting. But there, there is something like we listening to good music. Every it's a universal thing. Mm. Experience, human experience. Yeah. That when you listen to good music, it actually makes you emotional mm. it can it can make you emotional all sorts of, it can make you angry mm. you listen to a really uh like like a classic rock song with a good guitar solo if i'm listening to that while i'm working out you better believe i can actually lift heavier weight yeah if i'm listening to the right song yeah, it it's gets, crazy it gets adrenaline going yep, or whatever. But, yeah but we know as christians we listen to a certain song and it'll bring tears to worship, our eyes worship yeah yep so and non-believers they they'll cry listening to certain sure, songs sure Symphonies. I've heard of people being a symphony sitting there just weeping. Yep. I've never so, been a big symphony guy, but I get it. Yep. Like, like so we I, all kind of have our bend, but the point yeah. is, is there's God made a, a real world with real beauty that's being displayed, and and we're called to participate in yeah. that. And here you have a teenager. Yep. Who's who apparently has spent a considerable amount of time developing yep. a skill to participate yeah. in this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what's what's the application of that? category let's say the category of the arts or the the category of 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 participating in beauty yeah i think that's what you're calling yeah, it, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. what's the application implication for men today it's like well you could say one part you know you could take the discipline side of it learn a skill yeah a skill of the arts yeah. and be in and hone it and craft it yeah. for me it was wood carving it was drawing and painting and mm. things like that I've, yeah. I've been drawing since i i can't even remember like yeah. three four years old i was drawing yeah. with my dad and uh, most of the artwork in my in my apartment is things that I did. Right. Um, and well, I think woodworking. I think woodworking, building. Right. I building. just built. I built a. You know, a barn. another thing. I built a barn. Yeah. But like, I really like building that barn. I really like doing it right. Yeah. And making and it, it look. And you've good. seen it, and yeah. it is pretty. Yeah, making we, it. We built good. a beautiful. It's not just a barn. There's a beautiful aspect of it for my wife's flowers right. and stuff. And th there's a participation in that. You know, it looks really nice. Yeah. And, right. I've done taxidermy, other things. Yep. Just you learn, you learn those skills. It's kind of fun to learn them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's in, not only enjoyable, but it yeah. glorifies and honors the Lord. Right. 
you can even uh, culinary like food. Sure, that it's, would be another it's a one, whole. Right? No, it's a food is actually a whole artistic expression. Yeah, and the best chefs in the world they treat it as art. Yeah, photography, yeah. right? Photography, videography. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, the theater and 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 acting yeah. and and yeah, you know, poems, classical music, poetry. Yeah. Uh, creative writing, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So you know, it's funny. Did you know Dan's my son? You, you'd have to know my son. He's you know he's kind of this rugged guy, outdoorsy yeah. dude. Loves poems, loves poetry. Yeah. He literally has bought like whatever these classic poets are. Yeah. And he, I remember when he was first doing some of that in his twenties. Ah, oh, don't tell any dad, buddy. Dad, they won't know. Yeah. You know, you like to go sit by the ocean and read poetry. Yeah. But but it's in just, a weird in a weird sense, those are the finer things of life. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Yep, and and there's something right about it, and yep. every human should should pursue those in a, in a certain degree. So David, something we can glean from him though, yep. for for young men today, well, an appreciation, appreciation, for it. and he developed a skill. He's developed a skill. He was disciplined. That's something really important. Yeah, right. he was hard working. He had and disciplined. to. Had to be. To be that good of yep. music. Had to be. Yep. Had to be. Next, what's what's next? Well, this is interesting. A valiant, mighty man. So we have two words there in the Hebrew. Uh, mighty man is a pretty common word that shows a lot. Valiant is too. It sometimes is translated as strong. Strong, mighty man. Yeah. Um, so what was valiant men? So uh, what now? A valiant man. Well, there's no mighty man. I'm sure. Mighty man. So mighty, mighty man. You can think of like Nimrod. He was considered to be one of the first mighty men. You know, he yeah killed wild animals and things like that. It was a it, so mighty man is literally means like mighty man. Mighty man. He's kind of think of like a a, a tough. Can go and and uh, kill something in a yep. sense. Yep, right. Uh, think and there we have lists in the end of sec, Second Samuel. Or, where was it? Second Samuel. Um, we looked it up earlier. Well, there's a list in First Chronicles 11. Right. Uh, but these are complementary lists, and they're called the you know the mighty men of David, and these are men that have have uh, really just have amazing military exploits. Where you know one of them is said to have killed 800 men at one time. Another is said to have taken uh, the spear from a giant, Egyptian giant, and killed him with his own spear. And so mighty men really has this connotation of a guy that does really well in, in hand-to-hand combat. Okay. The other one you're thinking of, by the way, is 2 Samuel 23. Yeah, 2 Samuel 23. Could, so those are, those are yeah. parallel passages. So it tends, to be, it tends to look, at least in this case of Scripture, the application is men who faint, basically could fight, right? Could fight, yep. Okay. And, yeah. And then we... But this, in this case, you're saying it's not just a mighty man; it's a, it's a valiant or strong mighty man. So almost you, like putting if you had a, mighty man, he's the top of the tier. Yeah, of the putting an emphasis man. on it. Yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah. And and this is fascinating. And we're saying this is being described of David in his teenage years. Yeah, and he actually wasn't. We we know just in, in the way the 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 military, the army worked at that time. Like men didn't usually; they weren't really a fighting age until they were about twenty. Sure. And and the narrative seems to unfold that way, right? Yeah. As we read this, the life of David, you don't see him in battle prior to this, right? Exactly. So what this is implying, though, is that he already had a reputation of this. Yeah. Uh, one probably because of his family, sure, that and his sense, brothers, right? right? But probably because he was training. Yep. Yeah, he was probably participating with young guys learning to fight. Yep. Just like you know, you could go, you could you could say of a young guy that hasn't really been in the field yet. Um, or been deployed, but yeah. in boot camp or whatever, it's like okay, that guy's a strong, mighty man. Yeah, that guy has all everything that we, we training we need. him to wrestle, and he sort of yep. wins every wins everything. Up. Yep. So sure. it's kind yeah. of where David's at. Sure. Could we also add to that though, Sam? Too that I think chronologically, I think we could put in here. You know, of course, he's uh, 
either chased off or killed lions and bears. Yeah, we know that. I mean, yeah, he said that. And, you know, it's easy to say that, but like, you know, I have bear hunted, you bear hunted. Yeah. I mean, to go sort of pretty much hand to hand with a bear. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of removed. Yeah. A little bit. Not that we're pretty stinking close, but, you know, we have a bow and arrow and we're going after, going after a bear, but like, I mean, hand to hand, you're a young guy, teenage guy, and you got a bear coming after your yeah, like sheep maybe or a hatcher or, or whatever. Lambs, and you got to go with a sword in your sling or a club and beat them over the head. Oof. You got to have some As guts. As a teenage boy, <laughs> you have to have some guts and be pretty strong. Yeah, and, you have to be valiant. Yeah, <laughs> courageous. Right. So some, so they, that's those stories probably spread not as like fable stories, but like real stories. Real like, stories. No, yeah. this, this guy has hey, reputation. Hey, reports. Hey, yep. did you hear what David did today? Yep. Okay, yeah. So he's that. He's also called a man of war. Isn't yeah. that fascinating? So it's a separate thing. So these kind of have similar connotations. Right. And, and a lot there's a lot of overlap there. But, you know, in our Hebrew, for some reason. Yeah, this is separate. They separate. They, they, add the, they add the other characteristic. Strong, mighty man. A strong, mighty man. And a warrior. And a man of war. Yep. Yep. And in the Hebrew, it's literally, in, it's literally they have the word man. Of war. Of war. Yeah, yep. man in the construct with yep. that. So he must have been training. Yep. They must have seen him. Yep. Fighting with the neighbor boys, whatever he yeah, was doing, with his with his brothers too, whatever they did, yeah, yep. So there's this whole reputation, and then we have this is fa- uh, fascinating, skillful in speech, yeah. So so in the Hebrew we have you know we have two Hebrew words here. We have the verb to speak, but then we have this this uh, other verb though. It's this participle. It's called a nifal, but it has this kind of connotation or meaning of discernment or understanding. Or sometimes our you spoke good things. Yeah. Or sometimes our English translations say prudent yeah. or skillful. But there's this level of when he speaks, he speaks as somebody who knows what he's talking about. Yeah. He's, it wasn't just that he was smooth talker. He Yeah. He had understanding. Yeah. He had discernment. He had knowledge. Yeah. He had he was competent in certain things. Right. And when he opened his mouth, like that was yeah. Obvious. Knew what he was talking about. Yep. And obviously that makes sense that you would want a guy like that in the presence of the king. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, true. Yep. So, <laughs> and that's just fascinating. Like, I just keep going back to this guy's a teenager. Yeah. He's already considered a mighty man, a man of war. He's already considered to be an expert uh, player of the harp or the lyre. He's he's also a man who is, you know, skillful in speaking. He He's discerning. He's intelligent in that matter. Like that's just fascinating, and then and then what else? Uh, <laughs> and he's a handsome man. It says he's a handsome man. So we're, we were already told though that when he was anointed, Earlier, yeah, he was he had beautiful eyes. He was handsome. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that the scriptures make and make sure to say that. And yeah. this is true of basically in the Old Testament. You read through anybody who really was beautiful. They. Yeah. Well, Queen sure. Esther, Queen Esther, right? Yeah, Queen Esther. It's the same word, actually. You said same right? word, beautiful in form and figure. Yeah, Joseph. You know, Joseph was said to have he was said to have a beautiful appearance. Uh, he was handsome, and that's why Potiphar's wife went after him. Yep, tried to seduce him. Uh, so I mean, Rachel, Rebecca, yeah. they were all in form and figure. I mean, body, it's not just face, it's, right? It's not just beautiful eyes, but like the guy looked like a yeah pretty prowess looking guy. Yep, just like. Esther must have been a really shapely, beautiful woman. Yep, form and figure. Yep. They have this beautiful stature, beautiful appearance. Yep. Beautiful eyes. I mean, we were told that he has beautiful eyes. So yep. all that's there. And then finally, the you know the cherry on top, the most important, this guy, this young man says to Saul, and the Lord is with him. 
Yes, that was recognized. That was recognized, and the Lord is with them. Yeah. So that's just fascinating. So now, the, I mean, those are our categories a little bit to, to work with and to think about. And and the the thing is, is like, okay, we're saying we're we're saying that David is is an ideal. Are you going to be able to be you know have the A plus in every category? Are you going to be the most attractive guy? Are you going to be the best warrior and also the best musician? And and the best in speech and in, yeah, intellect, and intellect. You know, the best writer from the best family, and speak the wonders of God. Yeah, with great eloquence, and be the king of Israel, from which the from which <laughs> God Himself will become incarnate. Yeah, you know, from His line. Yep. Like, is that going to be you? No, there's only one David. Right, and he's put here as as a, as an ideal in a yeah. sense. But he gives us these wonderful, you know, we're given these wonderful categories to think about. Yeah, sure. And to, to compare our lives to. Yeah. And go, okay, thinking about, I'm thinking about my own life. I yeah. mean, you guys listening, you know your lives. Right. I don't know. I don't and know. And we naturally do that, right? Yeah. We look at people's looks. We think about their education. We think of their skill set. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. And, and as I, Christians, we think, hey, does that guy look like he's spirit-filled? He, like God right, walks with right. him. Right. And I don't want you, I don't want you to like, I'm not saying covet or envy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, okay, what we what we think we're getting from this text mm-hmm. is that a man, a, a mature man, mm-hmm. he should have uh, some. He should be disciplined enough to develop some type of skill set or competence in something, like whether yeah. it's it's playing an instrument, you know, whatever it might be. It might be building things. It might be construction. It might be concrete. Yeah. It might be all sorts of different things. I mean, you know, it might be. Computer coding, it might be that. Yeah, sure. There's some type of skill or competence that he has that required a lot of time and effort to, to get. Yeah. And and think about your life, you listening, think about your life. Okay, where where in my life am I developing a type of expertise? Uh, what is that for me? Mm-hmm. Where am I becoming an expert in? And, sure. And, you know, it, it could be all sorts of things. But where is that at? And and you, a, a mature man should have some type of expertise in something. Yep. Whether it's electric, or, you know, wiring a house, whether it's plumbing, whether it's who knows what it is. Yeah. Could be all sorts of things. So ask yourself that question. Uh, you know, what am I trying to develop? I might not be the best in the world at it, but I'm I'm trying to become as competent as I can at it. Yeah. You know, in other words, we used over the years, Sam, again, people will know from podcasts, I'm quite a bit older than Sam, so there's different generations maybe to use different words. I don't know. Yeah. But we talked a lot about the word excellence. Yeah. So it didn't mean perfect. Right. But you were pursuing, Yeah. going back to your earlier categories, uh, the development, yeah. the potential. The actualization the ta- of the potential. Of the potential. Yep. And for you, yep. you may be able to only take that actualization so far. So far. Yep. So... So if I use the athletic thing, like you know, I had I was a pretty good I was a pretty good high school athlete. Yeah, you know, maybe small college, which I played a little bit. You know, could I have taken it further? Yeah, maybe in some areas of my life, I kind of wish I had had some different. As I look back, I think, yeah. oh, if I had had this kind of mentor or this thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But neither here nor there. The point is, is like like you might I might have literally taken it as far as I could take it. Yep, and that would have been excellent. Yep. Right. Yep. Excellent. Everything I could to take this skill set, whatever it is. So in that category, call it a you know whatever a percentage or a grade. Yeah. Okay. I was never going to be an A plus. Yeah. If that was an NBA player, let's say or something. Yeah. But I was a you know a C or C minus. Did I 
get to the yeah did i pursue that as far as i could pursue it and say okay i've done as much as i can with this yeah right and so i don't want to read into this but i would put this this heart plane thing yeah under the banner of vocation in a sense you could yeah, yeah i mean uh well you're saying a skill set yeah yeah a skill you develop set. a skill set yeah right that so, you're known for yeah exactly so think about vocation a man needs to have a vocation uh, sure. And in, in many ways, this is going to be how he earns an income. This is how he's going to provide for his family. Yeah, and he's known for that. He's known for that. We don't need. I mean, think about it. when people meet. What do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm an engineer. You. Uh, I'm an, yeah. you know, I'm. I'm. You know, drive UPS truck. I. I do this. I fly planes. I. Yep. I'm an academic. Uh, yep. I. I'm a manager at whatever. I'm. I. I teach this retail high school. Or whatever. Yep. 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 So, and it implies that you get, you're given a lot of time to this. Yep. And so David gave a lot of time to heart plan. I'll put that under vocation. Yep. Man, discipline, vocation. Develop the skill set. Yep. yep. The next one of, um, you know, all these warrior things. Mighty man. Strong, mighty man. Mighty strong. Man. And, you know, this is where we've had a lot of discussions trying to trying to figure this out because it's complicated. Uh, we have to keep in, in mind that David is growing up mm -hmm. in a time of war. Yeah. The, 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 the Israel... The Hebrews are in a perpetual war with the Philistines. Oh, yeah. And so there is this sense that David is raised in the milieu of battle and war. Yeah. And as I said, every every young man in Israel was considered a fighting man. Yeah. There, and, and we say fighting man. It's not sitting in modern day pushing a button of a drone. No. It's wielding a sword. You're hand-to-hand -hand combat. Hand-to-hand. -hand. There's blood all over you. Yeah. Who were you telling me that? My mind's a little foggy right now. Uh was known for, for nailing 800 men. Well, yeah, that was one of the mighty men of David. Yeah. Yeah. He was known for killing 800 men in, in one, some, go. One, ba one battle. Yeah. Can, I mean, Can you imagine that's, that? That's You've killed 800 people. Yeah. You, with your bare hands. Go watch, go watch the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's and, what we're and, talking about. And go watch Legolas and Gimli. You know, they're counting and they're competing. Who, who kills more orcs? Yeah. They don't even get close to 800. But but the point is, <laughs> is, is this is pretty bloody gory real. And so David's growing up in that. Yeah. Totally different culture than ours. Ours would be completely sterile compared to that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, so there is this reality. So what I want to, what I kind of want to hit at, though, yeah. is back to the category of potentiality. Good. And, and... We got to think about, you know, in systematics. So I'm studying systematic theology for my PhD. And what systematic theology does is we're systematic theologians draw out the implications that are not explicitly stated in Scripture. Biblical theology, and this is maybe helpful to think about, biblical theology and exegetical theology is just pure what does the text say? I'm doing exegesis, I'm looking at original languages, I'm considering the grammar and the context of the passage, and I'm drawing out from the text itself what it's saying to that audience at that time. Systematic theology goes beyond the text. Yeah. It's utilizing the text. It's yep. taking that as a data point, and then it's and then it's considering philosophy, it's considering history, it's considering other disciplines, and it's and it's it's being, you know, systematic to be overly redundant. Yeah. And it's it's drawing out further implications in, in crafting f doctrines that aren't just explicitly stated. Now that might sound, oh, that sounds bad. Like yeah. that could, but keep in mind that that's how we, that's how the early um, councils mm -hmm. developed what we would consider now to be our robust Orthodox Trinity. We would say you don't go to the Bible and find the word Trinity, right? but we'd say, no, it's right there. Right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep. One name, three 
right. you, know, you know, one name, three, right. Father, Son, Holy but, Spirit. Right. I'm just saying that's yeah. kind of how this works. Right? Yeah. So you they, have to bring out the implications of that. But it's there. Yeah. And they and what they were doing, too, is they were doing philosophy. OK. So you, you look at you actually read the early creeds and confessions and you read about these men and what they were doing when they yeah. were gathering over and over and over again to hash the, out these uh, these things and to, to, right. to push against these heresies like Arianism and 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 Eutychus <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to say that right. I'm not even going to say that one. Uh, adoptionism and, and all that type of stuff. But anyway, right. they were utilizing philosophical principles as well. Yeah. So, And that's a good thing. And we don't need to go down that road, but if people are nervous about that. In a modern evangelical or mo- our modern world, in the evangelical world, there's almost like philosophy is a curse word. Yeah. There is a humanistic, secular philosophy. Yeah. That we would say, of course you reject that. But we don't reject the category of philosophy, which is a study of truth. Right. Right? It's just trying to get at what's reality. Yeah, exactly. And and it's a category. Yeah. Right? And we would put it under, say, natural revelation. Yeah, it's a field of study. Yeah. But not all philosophy. I mean, as Christians, we actually are all philosophers. Yeah, truly. We use our our Bible to give us a theology. And we reason. And our reason to give us a theology. Yep. And that's a theology in a sense is, is, could you say a theology is a philosophy? Are you thinking of it differently? Well, uh, yeah, theology is a philosophy. Theology is the queen of the sciences. So the old old ancients considered theology as the pinnacle and philosophy came under theology. That's what I'm getting Philosophy propped up theology. That's what I'm talking about, right? Theology was the pinnacle. This is what it's all about. So I take all these Bible verses, lay them on the table, and it looks like a trinity. Yep. Take all these Bible verses on there, and it looks like Jesus is 100% man, 100% God. Right. Yep. And when and that's, the, that's the implication yeah, and, uh, of the text. Right. And think about like even just think about how we started this, where I talked about essentialism and and social constructionism and stuff like that. Right. Like that's philosophy. Right. But we go, but it's totally compatible and 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 uh, complements what the Bible says. Yeah. So let's move back to what we're trying to get so, at. So okay. Here, so potentiality. So it, we're we're for, saying for strong mighty men. I yeah. Get, right? We're okay. saying praise God when we're in a time of peace and safety. If that makes sense. Sure. One day, you know, there's there's this prophecy in Isaiah two, I think it's Isaiah two, where you know the swords and the shields are going to be beaten into plowshares, and there's this reality that, uh, you know, one day there's going to be peace. the The reign of Solomon was a time of peace. Okay. And and you know you didn't have to be a warrior at that time. The nations got along. And the rulers of the nations would come to King Solomon, and he would teach them wisdom and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but the point is, is that we have to speak about potential. A man, what it means to be a man, there is an aspect of what it means to be man is you have the potential to be a warrior. And in, when push comes to shove, when you're in a time that requires you to be to go defend someone or something, to defend your nation, to defend your family, mm-hmm. defend whatever. You need to actualize that potential. It's not the women that have to actualize it or the children. It's the men. The protection aspect. Yeah, the protection aspect. Yeah. Not that a woman couldn't do that, but there is a real potential in what it means to be a man. Yeah, that when when th- whatever it is, in the times you're living in, when, when bad things are happening and people need to be fended and good needs to be fought for mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. the men. It's a physical, physicality. Physicality. Yeah. So... Why this is so important to realize, though, is think about just human biology. Mm-hmm. So we look at the we look at men and we look at women, and we clearly see every person on earth clearly sees that for for the most part, like 
almost every single time, men are bigger and stronger than women. Mm -hmm. They have different bodies, and uh, they have different DNA. <laughs> and and men, on average, produce 10 to 20 times more testosterone than women. And testosterone is this hormone, this molecule that, you know... 10 to 20 times, times more. Times more. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Not just double. Right. And <laughs> testosterone is what produces man's increased muscle mass. Right. And it gives him increased stamina and endurance mm -hmm. for physical things. Mm -hmm. So men can run longer and run faster and run harder. Mm -hmm. uh, or whatever it is. Fight longer, fight harder, fight yeah. faster. Recover. Recover quicker. Mm -hmm. All that is is a product of testosterone. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> and and testosterone, they found this. They, they would have never known this if it weren't for... <laughs> Uh, the whole LGBTQ thing and, and gender, you know, transitions and things like that where, you know, women decide, oh, I'm a man trapped in a woman's body and I need to now take testosterone. So they take 10 to 20 times more testosterone than is natural to them so that they can try to become a man. Because, you know, the, <laughs> the molecule for manhood is testosterone and the world knows this. So women start to take the, this testosterone and what they what they – realized immediately like uh an immediate side effect or a good you could say they would just call it a good side effect of t t taking all this testosterone is they they're not as anxious and depressed anymore they actually have this like vigor and and fight in them and this like confidence mm -hmm. and we could call it you know the psychological people say oh they have less negative emotion and and yeah because that's a product of testosterone <laughs> <laughs> so all of that, we're asking the question, like systematically, we're saying, God, why? We see in the Bible a difference between man and woman. We, now we ask the, the systematic question, why the difference? God, why did you make man? Even pre-fall, why did you give Adam 10 to 20 times more testosterone than Eve? Mm -hmm. Why did you do that? Mm -hmm. So in a time of peace, Obviously, that has amazing benefit for his ability to work the ground, as Adam was called. He was called to call, yeah. cultivate the earth, keep the garden. Mm -hmm. So it had amazing benefits for that. A woman's soft, uh, soft figure. Her, you know, it's interesting. Estrogen is kind of considered to be the hormone for for a woman, right. like her main hormone. And estrogen actually, legitimately, as a molecule, softens things. It makes things soft. So when you want to try to soften a plastic, like to create like a plastic water bottle or something, they put estrogen in it to soften the material. So when a man is it a form of estrogen or like literally the hormone? Yeah, I, yeah, a type of it's it's the same molecule. Molecule, um, though. Um, okay, yeah. Um, what am I trying to say? Uh, like basic molecule is probably going to be a form of estrogen, not right. like probably right, the right, same right. one for one, but in the same category. Yeah, same category, okay. and, and estrogen type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's fascinating. So when, when men think, oh, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body and they take estrogen in order to soften themselves. Yeah. But just the notion, what you're saying is one thing, testosterone, when a boy starts becoming a man, yeah, it hardens his body him. starts secreting testosterone. Yep. It hardens him. It makes him strong. He, get, he gets hard. He gets hard muscles. Yep. Gets strong. Yep. More endurance. Now... Now, that's there as just we're saying that's a universal, like that's a part of being a man. Yeah, is this strength, this hardness about him? Yep. But it requires an actualization, though. So 
we all know this, mm-hmm. that in order to increase muscle mass, you actually have to put your muscles under stress. And you have to, over, you have to overload them to the point to where the muscle fibers actually tear. Yeah. And this is how you build muscle. And then you're ingesting protein. And then the, the way the body works is it builds that muscle fiber up stronger. And it, it actually produces more muscle cells on top of the torn muscle right. cell in order to strengthen it. Sure. So it's just like when you break a bone and mm-hmm. the, the bone heals, it actually heals stronger than it was before. Yep. And so that's what's going on. You're, you're, you're putting, you have this amazing potential as a man because of how God made you and giving you all this testosterone. It's giving you all this amazing potential. And if you put your body under, under stress, the right type of stress, you actually tear these muscle fibers and you train yourself in a certain way and you're eating good protein, you're eating good food, you actually, you actually, you actually maximize your potential. Right. And you have a genetic ceiling. That's true. Not everybody has the, the, the potential to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right, sure. So you have a genetic ceiling, but the way in which you hit that ceiling is by putting your body under stress, yep. putting your body under load, yep. and eating good food, and you're going to become strong and hard and fit. Right, right. And that, in God's genius, allows a man to fulfill his calling as a man. So what's the function now? Yeah. The function both is working for most of human history, we live in an interesting time now. Yeah. I mean, but, hard labor. Yeah, hard labor. For most of human history, I want to appeal to history. Uh, you know, you were farming. You were plowing hard dirt. You were you were building things. You were carrying things. Digging you were, with a shovel. You're digging with a shovel. Not you, a backhoe. You were hiking <laughs> hundreds of miles to go to battle or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and so you, you needed that male physique to do that work. Yep. Uh, but then there's the other side of it, too, though, in a time of war. Yeah. When there was when it wasn't the time of peace, this actually allowed you to protect. Yeah. The same the same yep, system, the same actu- uh, potential. Same potential. Yep, yep, it's actualized to a to another type of end. Right. And now the male but physique. But, it, but fundamentally it's the same thing, it's strength. 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 So Power. now the f- male physique Endurance. allows you to provide for your family? Yep. To you know, earn the bread type of thing? I like it. But yeah. it also provide allows you to to protect your family. Yep, very good. So we we always say oh yeah you know the the core tenets of man you know provision protection yeah you know those types of things uh, well, that comes that boils down to male strength yep. male strength so David we're looking at David he was known even yep. as a teenager to be a strong man yeah a man of war a mighty a, a strong valiant you know a strong mighty man yeah that meant something that people could recognize recognize and it means that he actually what i'm saying is actualized the potential in him he trained yeah he must have he must have otherwise they would have no idea right. no idea that he right. was this you would look at this man and go yep looks like he's a athlete pretty in shape yep Warrior. strong yep strong man strong so again today we live in a weird situation where for most of human history the natural vocation of man like made him strong you look at farmers you look at ranchers yeah they had to look at construction workers like they just their vocation uh, makes them strong good yeah now we live in an interesting world where a, a lot of jobs for young men are desk jobs yeah they sit behind a computer all day and they yep. you know type away and they they just live a really sedentary life, and then their and then their their uh, leisure and their recreation. And we're going to do a podcast on this in the future on leisure and recreation. Right. But it is playing video games, sitting on a couch yep. with a headset on, eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew, yeah. and and, and playing watching video. a football game or playing a video. Game. Yeah. Right. Yep. 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 And it, it's 
it's creating a, a physique that that <laughs> if if he got called to war right in that moment, sorry, buddy, you're yeah. one of the seventy five percent that can't that can't make the cut. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yep, like the standards that the American military has set, you're not meeting it. Yeah. And that's when, and what they're doing now is they're lowering those. Yeah, I know. To try to get more guys. Yeah. Which is not good. Think about it. Not you good. You really want lower standards? Not good. For somebody who's going to protect you? Yep. So we're, we're, again, we're appealing to Christian men and we're saying, okay, we're saying David's an ideal. Here's this category about masculine strength. Yep. And you're called to uh, actualize the potential that you have. Yeah. And, and be a strong man as, as best as you can. With your resources and with your time and with your certain situation, yep. you're probably not going to be as strong as David. You're probably not going to kill ten thousand Philistines. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, you're probably not going to be the king of a nation, but be strong, be yeah. strong, and, and pursue those things that yeah. promote it. Develop that. Develop it. We've said that. So, so you come out of boyhood. Yep. And you enter into manhood. Yep. And physically, you you truly have crossed a line. Yeah. But now you need to mature in that. So you've entered into the world of potentiality. Yeah. And your potential, this is what we were talking about earlier. Sam and actually actually argued about this a little bit. <laughs> and then we talked to a good friend of mine that yeah. we've done stuff with before. His name's Alan. He's 83. He said, Alan, weigh in. Help, yeah. us, uh, help us sort this out. It was we're really being fun. Men. <laughs> it was really fun. Yeah. Right? Right? Men contend with each 26 other. 26 year old man, 63 year old man, 83 year old man saying, okay, how do we talk about this? Yeah. Because obviously, there, there's the reality of providence, which I always love. Yeah. And there's a genetic component. You could say that way. God made a certain man to potentially really be incredibly strong compared to another yeah. man. But both men are supposed to actualize yes. with a certain sense of excellence their potential. Yes. And one man's potential may look different than another guy. Right. Right? Is that how I want to say it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or uh, yeah, his, his potential. The may ceiling's different. going to be a different place. Different ceiling. Yeah. But, but he's, but all men are supposed to pursue this excellence. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is where we were talking about it earlier. So, we're not trying to tip in and say everybody needs to go be a bodybuilder. Right. But a man should take care of his body in such a way that he does look like a man that's taking care of himself. That's strong. That's strong. And, it, and again, without going too far in a weird world. Right. Let's just be honest. It's attractive. It's attractive. Attractive to men and especially and attractive, attractive to women. To women. women are going to see a man walk in a room and the way he walks and the way he looks, carries himself yep. and the way he looks, even if she doesn't fully understand it. And again, it could get wonky in a weird way. Yep. But God made it that way. Yeah. And, you know, we don't need to go down the other side of it, but it's true for men and women. I mean, a woman that has shape. Yeah. Hips, breasts. Yep. There's something right about that yeah. that a man's attracted, attracted to, and it has to do with femininity. It has to be with fertility. Yep, it totally does. And again, people are afraid to talk about this, but it's real. Yeah, because God created a real world. Yeah, and the scriptures affirm this real world. Right. And so, so all of us. And again, that's why we wanted to talk about it earlier because, yeah, exactly. And so, so let's keep going down that road though a little bit, Sam. As you and I were talking about this, like. You as a young man would want to tell young men of your generation yeah. a certain thing. So what are yeah, what are the young men in my generation? What's what's the again, I, I grew up. What did I grow up in? I grew up in the world of iPhones. Yeah. And I grew up in the world of video games. And I grew up in the world of yep. virtual reality and social yep. media. Yeah. And just the whole kind of passive virtual world. And and 
the statistics out right now about m like male strength, le legitimately, like grip strength, all that stuff. They actually have metrics on this, and it's yeah. bad. It's really it's bad. bad. It's bad. It's just right. bad. And, and it's tied to testosterone. It's You're seeing testosterone Testosterone down, levels right? are plummeting. Right. Uh, and testosterone is sort of tied to the, your muscle mass a lot, Well, right? get, get this. It's all tied together. It's all tied together. Right. Like, you're not just, we say 10 to 20 times, but what's the difference, you know, you got, what's the difference between a guy that has 10 times more than a woman and a 20 times more than a woman? Like, that fluctuates. What does it depend on? It's, it's fascinating. Guess what? Guess what secular researchers have figured out? Yeah. Right. That a man's testosterone level uh, actually spikes when he's in the vicinity of a weapon. Do you know that? It's interesting. I've heard about this. Yeah. It actually spikes, like it starts to go up when he's in the vicinity of a weapon. Think about it. And they could actually really do an easy study of that, right? Yep. Hook him up to some monitors. Oh, they know this. Bring bring a weapon in the room and watch what happens to his testosterone. Yeah. No, they know this. This, know. Is, this isn't just, even just interesting, just, right? Yeah. This isn't even just speculation anymore. Right. They measured all this stuff. So, so think An of this another thing, right? Uh, uh, heavy lifting. I was going to say, there's something about heavy lifting and stressing those muscles yeah. that helps. And especially, guess what? Especially uh, heavy leg lifting. Right, using the bigger muscles. So now, the pec now, muscles, the chest muscles, the butt. The I'm legs, gonna, I'm right? gonna, I'm gonna, I'm hoping yep. that people this. can read between the lines here. Yep. But the pelvic area. Yep. That area, think about, you know, yep. what that can be used for. Like when you heavily load that up and you do that by like squats, yep. actually like barbell squats. Right. That is actually what promotes the most testosterone production. Right. Well, see, and I know it as a 60-year-old guy, as I've listened to some of these studies, I've you know, yep. about as an older man, yep. I'm losing testosterone. Right. And I'm losing some muscle mass and I was always trying to stay in shape. Right. But I can actually slow that down at least yep. to some degree by working these larger muscles. Exactly. Because if just working these larger muscles helps me yeah. keep... Yeah, and it's a, it's a feedback loop. Yes. So it's what's interesting, if I could tell you this, Sam, is that we've talked about this in our crisis masculinity, that your generation, young generation, is even losing testosterone and even having problems with um, erectile dysfunction. Yeah. I mean, it's real, which, yeah. we, again, I've said it in the other podcast. I'll say it again. Like, when you guys told me this, you and others have been telling me, I'm like, what? what? Yeah. So I talk to guys my age, yeah, they and they're like, what? It. They're like amazed because even most of us in the 60s, it's not really an issue. Right, right. Well, then you look at guys that I know go, are you kidding me? Not an issue. And they're 70, and they're still working hard. Yeah. They're yeah. still yeah. robust guys, yeah. even though their bodies are starting to break down. They're not sitting around. Right. They're still in. I'm serious. Working and, in their yards. And they would say, I've working. never even thought of that being a problem. Right. Yeah. Because you work. You work. You work. We Physically. Were, we were with Alan today, 83. The guy's had 32 surgeries. Yeah. He has to go to massage therapy every week. Last week, he had back surgery again to put this thing in his back that gives him a stimulation to keep pain down. Yeah. And you ought to see that guy work around his yard. Still. Constant. Yep. Constant sweat, putting in bricks, hauling wheelbarrows full of yep. mulch. I took a little tractor over there the other yep. day because he wanted to do all this mulch stuff. And I'm going, Alan, I got to help you out. But all of that stuff keeps this 83-year-old pretty stinking robust, yeah, even though he, his body you know, is breaking it's down. Because if he didn't do that stuff, oh, he'd, he'd be way he'd, worse. He'd be down quick. Yep. So there's something about... And, get, and his brain. Yeah, actualizing right? the potential of being strong right. helps you in so many other ways of life. Right, that's all we're saying. Yeah. Right? So, and by the way, our argument earlier was just trying to figure out, like, we're not trying to say 
here's the perfect standard that all of you are supposed yeah. to be. You're all supposed to look like X, Y, Z. Yeah. But every guy should look at himself and go, I have a body given to me by God. I need to steward it. And I should steward this and I should pursue strength. Strength. Yeah. At some level, whatever that is. And it's not just yeah. doing fing, you know, these little finger games. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, and, and what, push ups what, and bench yeah, press and exactly. sit ups and going for a long walk up a high hill once, you know, yeah, three yeah. or four times a week yeah. or whatever, whatever that is. Yeah. Especially in a world where we don't necessarily Get work hard in labor. Yeah. But if you were out doing construction every day, that would probably be your late. Oh, would yeah. Be your, you wouldn't need to do it. You wouldn't right. need to go to the gym. Right. You Good said sleep. that. You said that, that yeah, somehow I, how in shape you got in when you were doing Oh, man. Doing well, yeah. You know, everybody knows of the freshman 15. Like I, when I was, I mean, I was a wrestler in high school, so I, for a, a good season of every year, I was in crazy good shape. Right. Uh, so what I, I knew what it looked like to be in good shape. I knew how to get in good shape. Um, I mean, I'd been weightlifting since I was in middle school. Sure. Yeah, I've never stopped in my life. Right. But, but the freshman year, you know, you're done with sports. I wasn't a college athlete, you know, just yep. e- eating dining center buffet oh, yeah. <laughs> three times a day. Yeah. And, Oh man, I got that was the the heaviest I got or the most overweight I got where yeah. I was actually pudgy. Truly out of shape. Yeah, truly out of shape, pudgy. Yeah. And I was, you know, I'm like I'm used to myself not being like this. I'm like, "Oh, this is gross." And and I'm like, "Okay, I got this construction job this summer, uh the summer in between yeah. my freshman and sophomore year and it was 12-hour days, 7 days a week." Yep. I worked 84 hours a week of hard. I was a grunt hard construction work. Like hard. And I'm like, oh, yes. And I already knew. I'm like, oh, I don't need to work out or anything. This is going to be a 12-hour workout. Yeah. And it made you rip. Oh, I shed all that weight and got jacked just in a couple months of construction work. Yeah. So if a man really, truly did that for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, he wouldn't need to work. He wouldn't need to have a gym membership. Give me a break. And generally, he's not going to have ED problems. No. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you. No, unless he's addicted to porn. That's the number Well, that's a different discussion. Yeah, yeah, different discussion. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to have testosterone problems. I mean, unless there are, the other things are like yeah, getting good be, rest, getting good sleep. There could be some other issue, yep. but generally we're yep. making a general statement. And a good diet. So again, we're going back to this reality. You got this guy. Yeah. He's 18, 19, Let's 20. just hypothetically say. And you got you are you are a male. You yeah. are meant to be a man. Yep. And there's a potentiality for you to, to, to the degree you can yep. become as strong as you can possibly be. Co- possibly be. And it's not wrong to pursue that. You actually should. Yeah. Be, because for the ends of... of I mean, as we're talking about in a sinful world, because there's a there's a possibility that you would have to go fight. Sure, there is a possibility that you would have to well, one, defend your family, your wife and kids, or two, defend your country. Sure, and you want to be able to do that and and give yourself the best chances of surviving that. Yeah, so it's not just a vain. No, it's not vain. It actually has good ends in mind. But it does. But it does have a sense when people see that, right? You're carrying yourself a certain yeah, way. Yeah, that's the you've, thing. You've, it's super you've, you've attractive. You've talked to some of these older guys, even Alan and others, and they notice that. Alan would tell you. He hires guys off of the way they walk. He would tell me, I know a good supervisor on a, on a project if that guy's going to work out yeah. by the way he walks. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that from so many of these guys. It's the way they carry themselves. Yeah. And I've heard that there's studies done of uh, women watching a guy walk out of a car into a grocery store. Just the way he walks and he carries himself through the door, they kind of know if he's yeah. got some gravitas. Yeah. And it's not being vain and macho. It's like, no, he's he's got good structure. There's a reason why he's walking like that. Yes. 
That's yep. what I'm getting. Yep. See, again, we're not trying to, please don't go and, down and, and, some you know, weird road of vainglory. That's not what we're it's, talking it's about. It's funny. You know, people talk about, oh, well, we'll stand and sit and walk with your shoulders back. And that's that's one of those universal things that people point to, and like, oh, if you have your if you have your shoulders kind of rolled in, rolled in, and you're kind of hunched over. Yeah. Uh, but guess what? Like, guys that walk with their shoulders back aren't actually usually thinking about I need to walk with my shoulders no, back. It's because they got strength. They up got there. the they've been doing enough pull ups where the muscles are actually the structure. formed structure, structure where there. it pulls yeah. your shoulders back. Yeah. And, and they've that. been doing bench press so that it widens the chest. Yeah. And they've been doing military press so that the shoulders are broader. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And if they weren't doing those weights, they're doing labor that made all that That made all that there naturally. Right. Yep. So now, again, my point is, is that we live in a day where a lot of people's vocations are sedentary vocations. Right. And so you just need to, you just need to take matters into your own hands. And, you know, maybe you don't have to go get a gym membership. You can do pull-ups. You can do handstands. You can do wall push-ups, you know, get your shoulders. I mean, this is calisthenics. Go on YouTube. Like, literally, you can get all, a whole workout regimen that will make you amazingly strong with 20 or 30 minutes a, three a day or four times a week really. yeah a few times a week by just your body weight and maybe yeah. you could buy like a kettlebell or something in a pull-up bar yeah and hang it from your door frame like but you're really emphasizing this and 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 our point we were trying to talk about earlier is it's not just it's not just a cultural vainglory crossfit workout kind of idea no you're not act, that at all what we're saying even from this text and we're not trying to overstate the text but there's a sense of as a man, you have this potential to be, have a physical prowess, yeah, a physicality, yeah, and you should develop that, right, to some degree, right, whatever that is you have, and it could be different than another guy. And I want to point out, this is what's so fascinating yeah, about this. I'm think with about you. think about the situation. Okay, Saul, he's in his chambers with his attendants. Yeah, he's getting tormented by an evil spirit. They are trying to say, okay, we got to find a harpist to play for him. Yeah. Okay, why is this young man saying anything beyond, hey, I know this guy, his name's David, and he plays the harp really well? Why is he describing him as he does? Why is he describing him as a man of war and a mighty man, a strong, mighty man? Like, yeah. what does that have to do with playing the harp? Right. He's painting a picture of, a, of a, a mature, full man that's worthy of standing in the presence of a king of a nation. Right. Isn't that... that is, yeah, there's more that? than his, just his ability to play the harp. Yep. He can speak well. He yep. looks good. Yep. So, okay, we'll m- move to that. So he's attractive. Yeah. Now, this, again, is one of those contentious yep. uh, topics where people really get, they can get really heated about, I mean, culturally right now, we're, we have a culture that's saying, well, fats, you know, obese people are really attractive. Everybody's really attractive. Yeah, we talk now, about it's that just right. relative. Beauty's in the eye of the, of yep. the beholder. Well, biblically speaking, no, because the Bible did not call every single person beautiful. It, it, is very selected on who it calls beautiful. It calls beautiful the beautiful people. That's, you know, obviously. Yeah. But when they are, it, it points it out. Yep. J- Joseph, Rachel, Rebecca, Sarah was so beautiful that Abraham had a lie that he, she was his sister because yep. he knew that the, the, the Egyptian king was going to take her to be his wife, blah, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Like, we, knew, we know all this stuff. And and Absalom, Saul was was had quite the stature. And I actually said he was tall. Yep. Something about that, right? David. Now, uh, he he has beautiful eyes. He's handsome. Yep. yep. He's a beautiful person. He's good looking. And okay, what do we do with that? Now, what as we as I think about speaking to young men, young men mm-hmm. who are, you know, trying to develop 
um, a career, trying to, to yeah. you know, find a wife, um, pursue a woman, mm-hmm. all these types of things. Again, you you have a genetic potential of like, okay, yes, we know some faces are more attractive than other faces. Got sure. it. Got it. Yep. But, I mean, we need to realize that carrying extra weight, being overweight, yep. is for the most part universally unattractive. There again, we could go to the exceptions, but I'm not talking about the exceptions. Yeah, let's not go there, right? We're not going there. For the most part, and we're not going into a world of just saying it's all about vainglory yeah, and all, you use a bunch of plastic to make yourself right, have this not that either customized, right? Photoshop face. That's not it. That's not it it's either. Not, Please don't go there. We're not even talking about right, that. Right. We, we understand all that. So baloney, all right? this, all right. this is, we're almost like going into, okay, we're getting to the point to where we're talking about David being handsome. Now we know that he has beautiful eyes, so he probably we can say he is one of those guys that just genetically is just really attractive. Good looking guy. Good God looking made guy. him that way. Yeah, yep. his face is. He's like a model type. Okay. Yep. Okay. Got fair, it. Fair. But. We know that beauty and what we would call like a beautiful person, it's not usually just their face we're talking about. Mm-hmm. In fact, you know the word I would use, Sam? Attractive. Yeah, attractive. And, and it's attractive a holistic doesn't term. mean every feature you have, but you're an attractive person. Holistically Somebody speaking. would walk in and go, I'm attracted to yeah. that person. Yeah. And you would say, what is it about them? You know? Yeah, and you can list a whole bunch it's, of things. Right. It's their stature. It's the way they... The way they talk, the way yeah. they speak, the yeah. way they hold themselves. Well, and again, I would, I, I've seen these studies where women watch a man respond to their kids. Yeah. Or respond to other attractive. women, and it's attractive. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, yeah. Right? Yep. So there's a lot of qualities a coming lot of together qualities. in this. Yeah, so that's why... Say yeah. groomed. You I think say I this, think here, right? certainly, they're talking about David's face, in a sense. Yeah. Now, we, we can imply that, okay, because he's a valiant, strong, mighty man, he's a man of war... He's a shepherd. He's a hard worker. Yep. Yeah, his body is probably in really great shape. Yeah, probably carries himself well. Yeah, and walks and, in the room and looks. Yeah, good. and that's probably very attract. That's very attractive. Yep. And he has a good face. Great. He has the whole package. Awesome. Right. So what you know, you listening, um, you can't really quite control your facial structure. Right. You can to a degree. There's actually ways like eating good food. Believe it or not, sure builds the jaw muscles that helps make you look more, you know, decreasing inflammation by eating, by staying away from those bad foods actually sure. keeps your face from swelling up, which is unappealing. Yeah. So there's actually physical things about how you eat. Yeah. Exercise things that actually makes your face look better. Believe it or not, it's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. But the point is, is that uh, because the body too, and the way you carry yourself. And the way you dress is yep. uh, uh, plays into attractiveness. That should be good news. Uh, I'm trying. Uh, hopefully, people hear this is good news. I I can actually become more attractive. Right. That's good news. Yeah. The word I used when you were talking, I'm sure you've heard it in there. But I would say like grooming, right? Yeah. Like a person. Okay. You only have so many features. You you can't control all that. That's yep. God's doing. Yep. But you can groom. Yep. And I don't mean again in a vainglory way. Right. But you know you actually. Brush take your care teeth, of yourself. Take care of yourself. You look decent. You get some nice clothing. You can dress yeah. properly. You really can do that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, I mean, think of the military. Yep. They're trying to get boys to be men. Right? That's what military is all about, boot camp. Clean haircut. Clean haircut, right down to the way they wear their clothes. They're Clean ironed. Shaven. They're pleated. They're yep. They buttoned fit well. Way, right? That's what I mean by grooming. Like, that, that is an attractive... Yeah, there's something a, a compelling A military about man, it. there's something, the way he walks... 
talks, interacts with people, yep, is attractive. Exactly. Right. So that's what we're talking about. Right. So we're saying, okay, a man, a man should be attractive. What? Okay, what is he doing? Well, yeah, he's he's working on his his body so that he's strong and that's yeah. attractive, and and he's working on on developing competence and skill and something that's actually attractive. Yeah. Um. You know, he has the face that he has. There's certain degrees where that can fluctuate based upon how he eats and things like that. Okay, eat well and exercise and. That's all going to, you know, reach its potential in a good yep. way. Uh, uh, but, you know, think about these things. Like, we all have to wear clothes. We don't walk around naked. Right. So think about it. I actually put some thought to it. Not like, in, again, in an obsessive way. Right. right? Again, I, I, vainglory. Idolizing you or be like spending, vainglory, right? spending thousands of dollars on, on, you know, crazy designer brands. But, you know, uh, think about what you wear. Think about, like, God made a real world where there's actually colors that go well together and don't go well together Mm -hmm. and when you see somebody wearing colors that don't go together it's like actually ah there's actually something just like you would walk into a home Mm -hmm. and if you would see the walls painted painted with certain colors like we look back now we look at old pictures of like 60s homes where they're like oh that green shade carpet and that uh, those crazy walls like why did they paint them that color and it's like for our aesthetic tastes right now it's like, oh, that's repulsive. Now, certainly, it was obviously probably pretty appealing to them in the '60s, because uh, they did it that way. But there, there is something about okay, mm-hmm. okay, what what should I be wearing that is appealing? Because mm-hmm. when a guy, you know, think about we're talking about men, men uh, looking at other men, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you look at a guy and he he can't dress himself at all. You go, okay. That actually says something. That's speaking something to somebody, mm-hmm. and it's saying maybe he's undisciplined, maybe he he's whatever it might be lazy. Mm-hmm. It's 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 actually saying something about his character. And people make judgment calls. Mm-hmm. He might get hired or not hired based yeah. upon the way he dresses. Right. Believe it or not. Yep. And as Christians, we would say obviously we really believe that what really counts is the human heart, which yeah. we saw earlier. Yep. But this stuff does matter. It in does the matter. World. It does matter. It, it, that's all we're saying, right? Yeah. Like, it's not. It's not just nothing. It's nothing. So I was even thinking as you were talking. I mean, just think about this. Like movies play on this, right? You yeah. could call it stereotypes, but it really is true. Yeah. The guy that has like the 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 pants that are up, and he's got the white socks. Yeah. You know, and he's got the bow tie. You yeah, know, what yeah, I mean, yeah. you can envision where I'm going. Yeah, he's got the, the goofy greased hair and the weird glasses. Right away, you think this guy's a dork. Yeah. I mean, they play on that. You can call it a stereotype, but it sort of does represent something. Yeah, yeah. Like I, totally. It does. It actually does. Yeah. And so there's something about, and, and we're not trying to groom men. Again, we're not going to go into vainglory. We're looking at a scripture that is fascinating that's in our Bible. Yeah. That this man was handsome, that he was a skilled musician, that he obviously had a honed body for war and a, known as a mighty man. Yep. And, I mean, we got to get to the next stuff, but, like, and we could even go forward. Like obviously, we know yeah, he does become the king, and right. and right. But, and, but but let's go to the next one after handsome or somewhere in there. He's speech, right? No, and, we already and, talked about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're we we're just covered. we're we're to the end where it says okay, in the in the pinnacle of it all is he he's right. a, the Lord is with him. Yep. The spirit of the Lord is with him. Yep. He knows the Lord. Remember the sons of worthlessness. What was the main characteristic of a son of worthlessness? He didn't follow God's law. Right. He didn't know the Lord. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I was thinking about earlier, we're talking about this again. Sam and I, sometimes, you know, we have these discussions kind of prime in our, prime in our minds. Yeah. 
And I was thinking of the the deacons. These yeah. were guys to set tables in yeah. Acts chapter Acts. six. Do you remember remember what their qualifications Spirit were? Spirit filled men. Yep. Good reputation of outsiders. Yeah. Men of wisdom. They had knowledge. Yeah. And the Spirit of God was with them. Yeah. And you're like, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Think of this. Reputation. Yeah. I mean, don't miss this. What did people think of this guy? Yeah. And again, we can't run around our lives and try to please men where to please God. But there is something about us being men and again, you know, actualizing our potential. Yeah. That's a natural revelation, a natural reality that is attractive to people around us. And God uses that. Yep. He does. He uses it. He uses it all the time. Yep. And I don't know. I just. We're, as Christian men, men who walk with God, I think we ought to be pursuing all this. Yeah. Right? Totally. Even I, I talked to a young guy recently. He was a young pastor in a church, and it was frustrating. We were talking about manhood. Yep. And you know this discussion, but I was I sat down and had lunch with him. We were at a conference together, and he was talking about this. And he says, yeah, I love, you know, there's these conferences. You go to the man, manhood. But he said, honestly, in fact, he was a, a big, robust guy. Yeah. Big, strong guy. But he said, I have a potential of being overweight. I can see it. Yeah. And he's in his 20s. And he yeah. says, I'm really watching this. I'm yeah. really working out. Because he said, I'll tell you what. We go to these like men's conferences, these churches go. And he says, I can't tell you the pastors I see yeah. who are just overweight. Yeah. And we want to talk about slothfulness and, say, pornography and all sorts of stuff of life. But these men look like they're pretty slothful and sloppy about the way they eat and take care of themselves. Yep. And I don't want to be that guy. Yep. I thought, wow, this was like a 26-year-old guy. Yep. You'd like him. Yep. And, and uh, I think he's right. He is right. See, so you, you know, you're kind of focusing on young man, but here as a 60-year-old, I'd say, okay, dudes, like our 15, 60-year-olds, are we kind of trying to take care of ourselves a bit? Right. I realize we're busy. Yeah, you know, I was telling you when I had five kids, I hardly had any time to go lift weights when I was trying to keep a, you know, a home right. going and keeping the mower and cars. And, but I could do push-ups before I go to bed, mm-hmm. and I could watch what I eat. But you also lived a pretty active life, though. You were running around. All the time. Yeah. I mean, that's helping out. Right, that's helping. What I'm saying, though, is, again, I'm not trying to make myself the example. I'm, I'm simply saying, like, well, you know what I'm saying. Here's a 26-year-old guy yep. who's a very godly man in a very godly church. He's a young pastor, and he's going to men's conferences, and he says, here's these men standing up and speak about we need to be men. Yep. And he says, you can tell they're really sloppy yeah. about their eating habits and what they're doing. Yep. And there's the exception. Let's not go to the exception. There's the guy that has the endocrine whatever problem. But yeah. but let's be honest. Most of the guys, that's not their issue. Their right. issue is just discipline. Right. And so there's something about the 15, 60, or 70-year-old that says, hey, you know, there, it's okay to be disciplined in your life and walk and kind of take care of your body even yep. as it's decreasing. Yep. Right? Yep. Totally. So, so again, it could, you know, apply a little bit different, but the, the principle is the same. Yeah. And it's fascinating, too, like Jordan Peterson, obviously, is tapping into this whole thing. Is he? And he's being a voice for, um, you know, a bunch of young men. Like, mm. like he's this crazy voice. Like you, And you hear it. It's interesting what Jordan Peterson is saying. You know, he's giving you these really practical principles to young men. Make your bed in the morning. Yeah. And it's not like he's not – he doesn't mean that in, like, a dogmatic way of, like, you need to make your bed right. – making your bed equals being a man. Right. But he's, it's the principle. What's the principle? Discipline. Yeah, routine. Right. right. Make, make a part of your home, your, a room, as best or as beautiful as it possibly could be. Right. He, that's another one. Um, start to buy art. That's mm. another thing he says. Buy art. Mm. Hanging on your wall. Mm-hmm. And you go into – Jordan Peterson's home is filled with 
classic like art yeah learn yeah. to appreciate that stuff yep. right learn right. to appreciate it learn to develop an eye and aesthetic a taste yeah. like you keep teasing me i need to develop a palate or yeah something. yeah a, a palate for food not yeah. just meat and potatoes man <laughs> <laughs> but and, there's there's probably a truth to that right but, but think about this yeah, this right. is a guy who's not a christian yeah who is able but just by looking at natural revelation right and it, studying the human being as a clinical psychologist, saying these are healthy, right? These are good things, things that just are are evident from just natural revelation. Yeah, good for your soul. Good for your soul. Yeah. And then guess what he's doing? You know, when he goes on these tours, he he wears a suit, and, and apparently, you, I've never been to a Jordan Peterson talk. Yeah. But you know, he fills these venues. You know, thousands yeah. of young men show up. And they're they're like a, most of them are actually wearing suits too. Yeah, I, I hear about that. Yeah, I, and so he's getting them to start to think about the way they look and yeah. the way they present. You themselves. know, I know young guys that are talking that way about church. Yeah, like whatever happened to us actually showing up in church in suit and ties. Yeah, and there's like this movement. Yeah, of young serious men. I say that. I know some men in their thirties, yep. for example, and they're going. It's time to start being showing up at church with a with a suit on. Yeah. And we don't want to go over into legalism, like no, fundamentalism. there again, people are going to go. Yeah, they're going to go too far. What? You're saying that. <laughs> this is no. just a reaction. No, no, no. But there is something about, I'm a man, and I want to be distinguished as a mature man that, yep. with discipline I'm in not my a life. And so you and I were talking about this recently. This goes to um, uh, something about, again, there's personality, there's exceptions, but like being on time. You know, talked yep. to a good friend of yours and I yesterday, young pastor, because he knows about this. Like... It's interesting, really, seriously. Yeah. Like, generally speaking, older men yeah. say, you know, let's meet somewhere at 8. They're going to be there at 10, 15 to 8. Yeah. And there is something about that. Oh, huge. And so how many young guys show up at 820, yeah. 8.30, kind of yeah. in the ballpark? No, 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 no. Like, you want to, you 20-year-old want to have a, a, a developing, growing platform with a 40 or 50-year-old man? Be there at 10 to 8 when they say, be to 8. Yep. Be there at court. It sounds so simple. It's like making your bed, right? Yeah. But there's something and about that. And the thing that. that I can't wrap my mind around yeah. uh, is that people can be, they can be 5, 10 minutes late to everything. Right. And if you can be 5 to 10 minutes late to everything, right. then you can be 5 to 10 minutes right. early to everything. It's a habit. It's a habit. I've, I've, I've been, I'll admit, I've been caught in that habit. Sure. Just kind of floating, and I realized this isn't good. Yeah, I just need to buck it up yeah. a little bit. And I, I, you know, I've had to do that in my life. Yeah, it's so interesting. So, <laughs> so it's just discipline. Yep. So, okay, I mean, we 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 got through that that chunk there, and yeah. hopefully it was helpful to people listening. I mean, we've gone quite a quite a ways now. This is one of our longest episodes we've had in a while, uh, but I think it was really good and good to, to yeah, talk about. Yeah, and it's a about. contrast to the men's of worthlessness. Exactly. It's a contrast to boys. Yeah. It's not necessarily a contrast to femininity sometimes when we think of masculinity it's right we think opposite feminine right. no we're thinking maturity yeah a boy to a man actualizing the potential of being a that's man. in a male yeah yep to be a man exactly and and exactly there's there's a there's a discipline there's a vocation aspect to it there's a physicality there's a physicality being, being strong being a protector aspect to it yep um there's the you know the competence ability so, so can i say this we haven't said this yet and i know we're going along but but think of it this way this is one of the things I was trying to emphasize earlier, and I think Alan was too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about this. So there's these categories, okay? So a skill set in music, uh, a, a strong man, a warrior. Uh, what was the next one? Was the next one handsome or, or speaking? Speaking. Speaking, handsome, and 
the Lord with him. Yeah. So you you could kind of think of these as, you know, comprehensive. Here's these different categories. Yeah. And each one of the men listening to this are gonna are not gonna be David. Right. Right. So not gonna be A plus in all these. Right. Not gonna happen. But you have a strength in one area and that's really a really strong area for yeah. you. You're above the average there. Yeah, and God's made you that way. Yep. And so you really need to pursue that excellence and yeah. that skill in that arena. Yeah. Now you're going to have an area, let's say it's one of your weaker areas. Yeah. That doesn't mean you just neglect it. You right. go, okay, I'll probably never get that above a C plus. Right. But I do need to work on it. I do need to work on it. Yep. That's what we were trying to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you're really kind of a, a frail, weak guy, dudes, start doing some push-ups and sit-ups. Yeah. If you got moves, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm really serious. You yeah. need to learn how to stand up. Get your chest out and start doing a, a little bit of exercises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody's expecting you to be, yeah, you know, you know, whatever the example would be. That's not well. The point. In today's example, Chris Bumstead. Have you ever heard that name? No. Okay. People who are younger will know the name. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but you know what we're saying. Yeah. So, so you look at these areas of your life and you go, "What can I do to strengthen all the areas, and really become excellent in these ones that really God has honed me exactly. to be?" Right. And then look and go, where am I weak and where can I kind of up my game? Yep. Yep. Maybe it's the intellectual side. Yeah. Could be. Maybe you are like one of the, a jock, a stereotypical jock, and you were a D1 athlete and you're strong and you're and ripped. You, and, and you won't read a book. And well, you won't read a book. And you struggle reading your Bible. Yeah. And so people can look at you and go, wow, look at that big, tough, muscular looking guy. Okay. Yeah. But, but also you're fighting, you a, a you're fighting a spiritual battle where you have to contend with ideas. Yeah. So have you read something on doctrine? Have you read the Westminster? Yeah. Or, yeah. You know? when, when Satan comes whispering lies yeah. that are questioning the word of God, yeah. or you, you can't punch him in the face. That's yeah. not going to do any good. Yep. You have to defeat him with truths. Sure. Ideas. True doctrine. Very good. And that's that's another aspect of protection that we, we yep. didn't have to get into all that. But let me, let me ask one more then too. Uh, now my, my gears are starting to turn. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. be careful. But um, no mentoring. This is where mentoring the true. Yeah. The, 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 there's a whole field of study you could say mentoring, and I've spent some time in that that world. Yeah. And so what a young man may do is go, okay, this is an area that's weak for me. Yep. My dad was able to first men who had their dads. Their dads gave them some skill sets, and maybe in some of those categories better than another. Yeah. Your dad can't give you everything. He's not God. Right. But maybe he got you moving in a direction. Right. Or maybe you didn't even have a dad. Well, you look at your areas of your life and you go, okay, here's a weak area. Yep. Well, you seek out. It could be a peer age-wise, but mentor doesn't always mean older, but it could. Yep. But somebody who has an empowerment or a strength in a given arena that you don't. Yep. And you pursue that person in a relationship to help strengthen you in that area. Yeah. So maybe you come bu become buddies with a guy that does work out all the time. Say, hey, could I work out with you for a month or six weeks and learn some of this from you? And yep, yep, yep. See what I'm saying? And that's the church. That becomes this relationships with brothers yep. where we're helping each other mm -hmm. in different areas and arenas. And it goes to the trades. It goes to the guilds that were lost over our time where older men in the church would actually teach younger men how to uh, a trade, a yeah, skill yeah, set. Yeah, yeah. Man, if we were to really capture this and realize, okay, none of us are coming to the table like David with A plus and everything. Right. And I need to grow in this. And, you know, and the amazing thing is, is like, cool. obviously we're, we're lifting David up as this ideal, and he is in many ways, but he also was a real man that had real failures, and, you know, he committed adultery and murder. <laughs> yeah, we but, could go But that. because he's a man who, who knows the Lord and the Lord is with him, he repented. Yep. So another thing we could say about being a biblical man is you're going to fail. You're going to sin. You're going to be an idiot. 
and and you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to repent. You're gonna be an idiot. Yeah, well that's true. Yeah, and you're welcome gonna, to my world. <laughs> and you're gonna have to repent, and that's part of being a man too is being repentant. Yeah, 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 yeah. We grow in this. Yep. So I think what you're saying, Sam, we talked. That's what we were talking about earlier. We don't want to. We don't want men to enter into vain glory. That would be a ditch on one side. Yeah. Um, we don't want to set a false standard for guys right. saying you're all supposed to be these CrossFit whatever. Yeah. That's not it either. But you are to have a balance, a balance, a physicality, a growing skill set in your life, pursuing excellence. Yep. Um, realizing like you know there may be a day you really do have to physically stand up. Yep. And yep. you ought to be thinking about that and working on that a little bit. Yep. Right. So that when that day comes, you maybe can do something. You should be developing your mind thinking, particularly in the areas of, you know, uh, uh, say, uh, theology yeah. and even uh, politics, politics, the world around us, Culture. paying attention to what's going on. You should be reading a few. You don't have to You don't have to go get a Ph.D. Right. But you need to be aware of what's going on. You should be on the wall on. watching. You should be able to, yep, you should be able to have an honest conversation with other adult men about some of these topics of our day. Yep. And uh, And certainly you should be putting your roots down, which is what we're always about. Learning what it means to be a spirit-filled man, a man who walks with God. Yeah. Obedience, doctrines of the faith. Yep. Loving God and loving your brethren. Yep. Those are the, you know, First John, I've been doing Cultivating first John study with guys. a life of prayer, a life of Bible reading and meditation. Absolutely. Yep. But see, there, there again, think of the balance we're talking about. We've seen godly pastors. Yep. But then they let that slothfulness of their physical. Yeah. Young guys notice it. Yep. It's like, dude, come on, like, let's move that up a grade. Yep. Just one great. Yep. It means something. It means a lot. It speaks a lot. It does. It really does. Because Paul, not to keep dragging this out, but Paul, he he told um, the Corinthians, he told Timothy to imitate his life. Mm, he didn't yeah. just tell him to imitate my knowledge or imitate what I yep. know or imitate just, you know, whatever you want to say, the church stuff. Yeah. He said, imitate my life. Yeah. That's why when he went to Th Thessalonica, he said he worked night and day yep. through the night as an example. Yep. So he was he was imitating actually like uh, actually how to work. Yeah. Not just spiritual, you know, we we want to over spiritually, you know, we want to put these secular sacred dualism, all this stuff like, oh, we want to separate everything out. No, everything's kind of going together. That's kind of the point. And so all these different categories that we laid out have implications for the other ones. Mhm. Mm so there when you're are being lazy with your physical body and stewarding your body well, that actually is speaking something. It's telling us something about your spiritual life, too. It does. It really does. To a degree. To a and degree. And you, you can go yep. in ditches either way, but right. yeah, it really does. It really does. And and so, yeah, I think that was good. Yeah, that's great. Uh, hopefully this was helpful. Again, if you if you thought it was and enjoyed it, again, share it with a friend. That would be really helpful to us. You know, we're not – Dan and I are marketing wizards. <laughs> we talk about this, too. Like, man <laughs> – if I didn't have to have social media, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't send out an email or anything. I, yeah. I'm kind of like a guy that just likes to mind his own business, and yep. and unfortunately, I do like doing these podcasts, and you know, I want them to be listened to, but I don't dump a bunch of money or time into trying to market it, get market it. Right. And unfortunately, you even hear people say that that I don't remember the statistics they said, but let's just put a clean number on it, like. A good a podcast that gets listened to, it's like it's like twenty five percent content and seventy five percent marketing. It's like oh oh, <laughs> we don't do any and we don't do any marketing. So I think what you're saying is like if this is valuable, to yeah, you, it, it would really help to your friends. It would be stuff. really helpful 
for us if you would just send it to some people you know that yeah, you and think. Yeah, and do what's the other thing you do on there? You say like. Yeah, or subscribe, something? subscribe. Yeah. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, and then and then uh, leave a rating. That's what it would be. Apparently, right? yeah. I've I've heard that leaving a rating. The more ratings a podcast has, the more that the algorithm of of the app will pop up and for people right, right. when yeah. they search something they'll they'll favor your app your your podcast yeah. because it has more ratings sure. so there's all that that you can do that help us out a lot uh but yeah visit our website afci.us learn more about our ministry that we do yeah but uh yeah thanks for listening and have a great day bye